0: This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki in New Plymouth, thanks to New Zealand On Air. For more local content, search for accessradiotaranaki.com.
1: Kia ora tātou. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast on Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. I' Naiman toko ingoa. My name is Michaela Neiman, and I'm your host. Welcome! This show focuses on the arts and creativity in Taranaki and beyond. We aim to cover the diversity of arts from painting, literature, songwriting, theatre, pottery, poetry, sculpture, and how the creative arts contribute to our community, as well as our own sense of purpose and well-being. The Sugarloafing Artscast is generously supported by the Govette Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Center. Stay tuned to find out more. And today I'm delighted to have a couple of amazing uh, carvers in the studio. Mike uh, Brown and Ricky Osborne are going to tell us quite a lot about Mokau Bone Carving Symposium and the whole group of carvers which they are part of. Welcome, guys. Thanks very much, Michaela. Hi, how's it going? So um, you guys seem to be uh, gearing up towards the next Mocha Bone Carving Symposium, which is still some time away, but it will be over us sooner than we think. We're well underway
2: with it. Of course, uh,
1: planning started
2: the day after the last one finished, but uh, more specifically, the launch of this happened earlier in October, or actually I think it might have been the last week of, it, of October that we launched the 2024 Symposium. So yeah, some administration to front end it, a great response so far, we've had 40 people register. We can only take
1: 60 people. Are oh, you kidding? It, no, straight up. Oh, uh, and this is for Easter? Yeah, and
2: they, these are people from all over the country, it's a national symposium. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, a wonderful event, um, bringing the carvers out of their caves and uh, you know, being exposed to some inspiring input from some of the senior carvers in the country, it's a wonderful time.
1: I am actually beginning to think that you carvers are a very social lot. (laughs) But this uh, bone carving symposium, so I see that you are having some amazing uh, people this year. So you always invite some master carvers, right? Yes, that's true. And uh, do they run specific workshops during this symposium?
3: Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, some of the more experienced carvers, we do have like what we call our little master classes where we sort of break off and, like, you know, I might be teaching lashing over the and Mike might, might be teaching people another skill, um, and some of the other experienced bone carvers and our guest carver will come and put the input on different styles of carving and, and, and the best way to approach it. So,
1: mm. so I see that um, Gareth McGee, is that his name? Gareth McGee. Yeah, will be the special guest carver, and other guest uh, carvers are Owen Mapp. Steve Meyer, who has been there several times, and Stacey Gordon. So can you tell us a bit about, what are their speciality?
2: Well, Owen, uh, he would be sort of, I hope he doesn't hear this, the grandfather of bone carving in New Zealand. <laughs> uh, he, he w- he's been a full-time professional carver for 55 years. Oh, so wow. he dates back to the late 60s. Owen lives in Paraparaumu, He carves uh, exquisite carvings, uh, outstanding. He's had an exhibition, his exhibition is still traveling around the country, 250 pieces of his work. He's held in private collections and galleries uh, throughout New Zealand and around the world. Owen received a gong, a Queen's Birthday gong, companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit for Māori art and bone carving. He is fantastic and he's he's really taken the symposium to heart. Uh, he comes every year and he just shares his knowledge. It's just so wonderful to have the opportunity to, uh, shall I say, milk <laughs> the experience of guys like Owen for the younger carvers and the emerging carvers, it's fantastic. Steve Fumio?
3: Yeah, so we've got Steve and Fumio. Um, Steve, he's pretty famous for his bone carving book that he brought out years ago. Now, um, Steve does some fantastic pieces, and once again, he's also somebody that's exhibited and sold pieces all around the world. So it's always an honour to have him come up. He was the first guy to come up as our guest carver, and he comes back every year. You know, Um, So it's it's neat to have these guest carvers come once and want to keep coming back to, to be part of it. Fumio is Japanese and does some amazing netsuke carvings, and some of the detail and uh, the three-dimensional work that comes out of Fumio is is fantastic.
1: Mm. Um, Oh, there's really small things the netsuke. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: So he's he does some really really neat work. Um, so really lucky there. And with Gareth, it was his first time last year, and I'm a big fan of Gareth's work. I've always been a big fan of his work. He does some really really neat pieces. So it's um. Need to be able to have him come back as a special guest this year and, and, and be our our main uh, guest for the, for the weekend. So yeah. mm.
2: and and I sh- should mention Stacey Jourdine as well. So Stacey was our special guest carver last year, and he was our first what's the word sort of conventional Maori design um, carver. He's the head of carving school in uh, Tapuia in Rotorua for Bone and Stone. So he's a he's a heavyweight in his own right, and. Um, and we have a lot of discussion around the appropriateness of non Moldy people carving moldy designs. It's been a helpful discussion that we've had, uh, to, trying to be respectful mm-hmm. and understanding. And uh, so the likes of Stacey being with us has been a, a real boon. So there's, there's some maturity happening as a result of these discussions together.
1: That sounds amazing. Mm. It sounds like a very generous uh, lot, I have to say. Yeah. But isn't that the thing as well, that you need to know how much actually goes into the skill? Of an artistry of this craft of carving to kind of appreciate the different ways people carve. Yeah, I'll say for yeah, sure. Yeah, mm. I'll say for sure.
3: We're all learning all the time, you know. Even us that have been carving for years, we, we're always learning, you know. You, you always, I always leave the uh, taking away something new with me. Uh, oh, so fabulous! Yeah,
1: yeah. Right, we will take a bit of a music break, and uh, I thought, um, yeah, I picked Stephanie Piquet, The Escape. There we go.
4: The first and first out oh the last one who falls is out His seventeen wasn't supposed to be.
1: Welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You're listening to the Sugar Loafing Artscast and I'm your host (coughs) Michaela Nyman. Thanks to the Gavette Brewster Art Gallery and Lai Center for sponsoring this show. And today I'm delighted to have two amazing carvers in the studio, Mike Brown and Ricky Osborne. And we are talking about all the uh, amazing carvers that are about to come here or to MoCow around Easter for the Mocha Bone Carving Symposium. And I just wanted to pick up something you said about Stacy and uh, non maori carving, Maori designs and carvings. Uh, I'm sure that would interest uh, not only carvers, but uh, lots of other artists and creatives as well. Is there any opportunity to actually invite Stacy to come and talk about that in some sort of public talk?
2: Oh, I think I think Stacy would enjoy that. He's going to be here at Easter, possibly we could uh, graft that on to that. He has very well thought through views as you can imagine, uh, such as? Well, he <laughs> I don't know whether I'm being too firm here, but he would say, if you don't fuck a Papa, you should think twice about carving moldy designs. Uh, now we have other uh, Moldy artists that say to us, Look, if you're in good relationship with Maori and you are learning and understanding the meanings of the design elements, then we encourage you to uh, join us in our art. Uh, and and then, you, of course, you've got those that are completely insensitive and just box on uh, and w- without any uh, Maori lineage will just uh, create and and that taking advantage of uh, the, through appropriation of Maori art. So there's there's the spectrum and. We, uh, we don't tell people what to think. We, we have these discussions and people find their own truth, right? So, and I've had uh, people come to me after one of our Māori speakers has spoken about their art and say, Mike, I'm feeling uncomfortable about what I've carved. And I've said, well, let's talk. Talk to the Māori artist and see what they have to say. The Māori artist has come and explained why they had shared what they'd shared, applied it to this particular individual this individual um, and, and gave advice and that had to do with some spiritual aspects of the work and the non mori artist was uh, very much relieved and released from any burden Now, but had changed in, in their views about their own art for the future. So, I mean, it was a, it was a really, really positive outcome. Uh, there was learning, a lot of learning that occurred through the openness in that dialogue. That is wonderful.
1: And to actually hold the space for those kinds of learning discussions to happen is so important. I mean, all of um, us who create, it's also very hard if someone from the outside has a very firm view on what you've done. And even if you've gone through, like you say, you have been having these discussions you are released from the burden you might have changed someone else from the outside might uh, not know of all the work you've gone through trying to you know find a way of doing it ethically morally with integrity and might still slam you
2: and and i would say in this case that person would would feel stronger to be able to defend their position and i think that's you know we've got to be In faith personally that what we're doing is right and and that means to be able to explain why you think it's right and if you can't maybe you're just on the left of right you know it's not quite where you should be Uh, yeah
1: and maybe it's not even about right or wrong but kind of um, justify your approach where you were coming from maybe you are drawing on something else that happens to be very close to something that locally is um, yeah taken as appropriation maybe or yep. but you need to be able to understand where you're coming from so
2: it's wonderful to have a forum where these discussions can be had yes. uh with highly experienced intelligent and thoughtful people uh, discussing so that you can find out where you fit in that continuum you know where is my place of comfort
1: because it is a tradition mm. a long-ranging tradition and you are coming in you know At this point in time where things are being questioned and um, yeah how you've done things might not be the way we are doing things in the future. Mm. Fantastic well I would really like to know more about what you have uh, in the pipeline it seems like you are having amazing plans to do things for beginning emerging bone carvers
3: Yeah, so um, we've started up some bone carving hubs, or a bone carving hub in New Plymouth where we can have people come and meet. I guess where it started from, we had people questioning us uh, at Morco, asking what we do in between, so they don't want to wait a year before they're carving again. So we've started up these hubs, this hub, and it's about every six weeks and we get a bunch of carvers together and just sit down and carve. Oh, fantastic. Um, we've been lucky enough to get a nice space at Rangamātie. We feel pretty lucky to be there, um, and it is actually an old carving school where where we are, so we've also had um, people also sing out and say, hey, I used to carve the years ago, and they're dusting off their old gear, and they wanted to come along as well. So it, it's just all sort of it into place really well
1: a new wave of bone carving happening
3: yeah um and also from there we're going to also start some beginner courses too so people can learn from the very beginning from how to prep a bit of bone right through to the finished piece um so we're going to do some weekends where we spend doing running these beginners courses and get some total newbies in as well to uh, show them what we do and how to do it and how to become a bone carver oh fantastic So, so
2: ricky and i discussed it and we decided we could probably take eight uh beginner carvers in a course and so we put it out there that we are going to run this beginners course, and we've got 12 people coming, oh, and, three, and three on the waiting list. <laughs> so we're going to run another
1: one in February. Uh, where can people find out about these courses? Ah, it's a
2: good question. We're, look, we've got a Facebook page,
1: Morco Bone Carving, and uh, that is where yeah, you can find and we've got out.
2: another, fa- and we've got a group within that which is New Plymouth Bone Carving Club, and and so people can. Uh, just say that they're interested uh, by joining those groups, and we'll we'll, we'll include them. Yeah, so uh, I mean, if people are on Facebook, that's easy to find us. And yeah, our, it's new. We've only had two uh, club meetings at Rangamarie and hey, both of them were really well attended. Ricky, we had I think yeah, we had definitely. 19 registered and attended on the first one. We had about 15 on the second one. This time we've got these these 12 beginner carvers, but we'll also have a bunch of competent carvers at the same time in the other part of the hall. Uh, oh, so, so you can
1: a, come for the meeting, even if you didn't get a spot on the course yeah, or so, workshop? Well,
2: yes, they can. So pe- we've got, it's a it's a big uh, area, and we use half the area for the beginners group, and then the, the other half is used for those that just want to come, who are competent, and come along and just carve on their own. And, and that's a place where people can share their ideas, talk about their tools, um, help each other with... Uh, technical skills it's that 's a really that 's a lovely feeling, so we do it for the whole weekend. you know people can come for one day or for two, most come for the both both days eh, Ricky yeah and yeah. um and you know we share lunch together each day and we have a a nominal ten dollar a day fee uh just to help cover the cost of- you know accommodating us and mm. tea and
1: coffee so yeah it's Fabulous. it's really good that 's a fantastic move i know i looked at the mocha bone carving symposium last year because i got really enthusiastic when i talked to you last year uh-huh. about the symposium but it sounds quite intimidating with a symposium you well, think that hey, you hey, need so to we, know the stuff
2: well, when we started off we we had 12 people there the first year in, two, in 2017 12 people registered so it was called a workshop and the next year we had 24 and the next year we had 38 and the next year, we called it a symposium. It, was um, 60, it? Yeah, we we wasn't it? we had 60 this, this year. And now you're capping it. yeah, well, it's capped at 60. We fill the whole... Yeah,
1: so we, we've grown into a
2: symposium. Oh. It's just a new name we've given ourselves.
1: I thought it might be the carvers who like that, uh, since Tekupenga is also a stone carving ah, symposium. True. So it must be a carvers I think, I think thing. So, I
2: think a symposium is rather an elegant workshop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll take your word for it. All right, we'll take a break. And I thought that we could listen to Missy and the Gentle Kings uh, live at the Spiegel Tent, Drawing the Line. Mm-hmm. I'm pulling away I'm drawing the
5: line And you can meet me there Anytime Cause I've been in between and For all oh so long, long, long That everything feels right And everything feels Like their shadow Well this is not My side A long kind of stomach Shuffle I'll come into it shun high Tick tock Do you think the world would stop To make its little way around me Around Round us the- To think the world would stop, so I can find what it is I'm trying to find. Being all conversation Me, myself, and I I've even stopped watching A life trip on by I knocked you off your kilter Well, you completely stole mine I'll better care myself if I have to Anything to draw the line and waffle it will save you from mine 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 and i'll talk you through to your face is blue but just suck you in for the ride took tech to think the world would stop to make its little way around me around 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 relentlessly Tick tock. Do you think the world would stop so I can find what it is I'm trying to find? And be all and it all by drawing the line. Tick time, Do you think the world would stop to make its little way around me? Round, round. world would stop so I can find what it is I'm trying to find Be an and it all by drawn the Line By drawn the Line
1: By drawn the uh, Line Welcome back to Access Radio, Taranaki 104.4 FM You're listening to the Arts Cast and I'm your host, Michaela Nyman. Thanks to the Corvette Brewster Art Gallery and Len Centre for sponsoring the show. And I have Mike Brown and Ricky Osborne in the studio. We are talking about next year's Mokau Bone Carving Symposium, which is coming to us uh, around Easter and um, filling up fast. There's uh, already 40 of the 60 places taken. But uh, Mike and Ricky have also embarked on beginners' classes in New Plymouth, and there's a New Plymouth Bone Carving Hub where people can pop in if you're interested in bone carving. But you need to check out the Mokau Bone Carving Facebook and find out a bit more. Yeah, so you seem to have endless energy, both of you, <laughs> when it comes to carvers and carving. Are you the key persons here in New Plymouth? Or is this hub growing? or Is there a group of you behind all of this?
2: I'll jump in here. We do have a, a, a leadership team for the symposium, um, and that's a national leadership team. People in Wellington, Wanganui, uh, New Plymouth, Waitomo, and in New Plymouth, three of that team are in New Plymouth: Sam Kelly, Ricky, and myself. Uh, so we take a lead here, and and it's uh, I have to reiterate what Ricky said. The the people at Rangamaria have really embraced what we're doing. It's you know. They did courses there in the 80s and 90s, or thereabouts. So they have a strong and proud history of bone carving, but they haven't been doing it recently. So it's been a really lovely fit for us to be there.
3: That's um, not the perfect place, eh? So yeah.
1: for people who are newcomers maybe to New Plymouth and um, don't know the history, where Rangamaria?
2: Well, it's in Marfell Park. It's uh, used for a number of things. Yeah, it's, so it's Rangamaria Māori Arts and Crafts Centre, so uh, and it's in Marfell Park,
1: bottom of Cook Street. Yeah. It's fantastic that it's being used, and it's um, we had a discussion about uh, you know various community development things with the New Plymouth District Council, and uh, it was talk about organisational things and uh, hubs and stuff, and I was just at pains to say it doesn't mean that you have to build a new thing. You know, True. it's the networking, exactly the stuff that you guys do. Hub somewhere in an existing building, and even better if it actually has already its own history, its own kaupapa of uh, doing exactly the stuff that you're doing. Yeah, definitely. It was a natural fit. Um, some of the guys from
2: Rangamaria had been up to Moko, and they were very aware of the good things that were happening there. And so I guess that made me feel very good that, that they wanted to welcome us because of the shared kaupapa.
1: Yeah. Yep. Fabulous. So I understand that you also, for the first time, maybe applied for some Creative Communities funding to support some of this amazing work going on. That was
2: uh, that was fantastic. It is fantastic. So yeah,
1: definitely. R- Ricky and I and and Sam
2: attended a Creative Taranaki get together, maybe in October, and at that meeting, uh, we learned of the. Creative Communities Funding Scheme and uh, we applied for Creative Communities Funding to help us getting underway with the um, New Plymouth bone carving and uh, yeah so we we were delighted to receive some funding from them which is enabling us to be able to do some of the things that we want to do so the beginner classes for example are $35 for the weekend it's a a ridiculously cheap course because we've got some subsidised funding through creative communities which is awesome
3: makes it easier for anybody to be at a teen rather than just the rich kids You know, yeah, so and yeah it just makes them more affordable and uh, um, yeah.
1: totally and uh, that is I think what the creative communities really should be about yeah. supporting you know the kind of broader community to come together and do yeah. things
2: look a mother contacted me recently she said I've got a, a teenage son who's being rebellious and is difficult I think he would do well um, with a hobby, uh, could he could he come and learn how to do bone carving? He's on our bone carving beginners course on the second and third of uh, December. It was fantastic. We'll love that kid, and he'll he'll do really well, you know, because it's not mum, it's not dad, it's it's Uncle Ricky and Uncle Mike, and we'll help out uh, with uh, Ricky and I do that course. We we run this course. Um, Ricky runs it. I support him. So that's a really really cool thing to be able to do. Mm.
1: Mm. Do, do you see that um, this would somehow interest schools as well? Is there any opportunity for schools to contact you guys and say, hey, we'd be really interested?
3: Quite possibly. Um, the more people I talk about it, the more places have been saying, hey, are you interested in coming here to you know, to teach a course here? Um, so I've already had half a dozen places ask those questions, and I think you've also been yeah. contacted.
2: I was uh, in touch with... Uh, Marty, one of our leadership team in Whanganui yesterday, he just sent through a message to say to me that he'd been to one of the, one of the girls' schools in Whanganui and they're keen on doing something there. So I do think that's a great age. I mean, I was in my early 20s when I started and I'm 100 years old now. So you get a good run out of starting early. Uh, and uh, so I think kids that are looking for a creative... Outlet um, bone carving is fantastic. If you're into three three-dimensional shape, it's a it's a wonderful hobby to have. Uh, if you're kinesthetic, you know you like the feeling of stuff. It's a lovely dusty chalky material to work with when you're working it, and it comes up absolutely beautiful when you polish it. So um, I think I think it has a lot to offer young people, definitely. And you know what my point is, and I was joking about starting young and carrying on is that uh, once you've got the rudiments of it, you, you've always got a hobby that you can return to during the periods in your life where you've got time to be able to do that.
3: Nice to be able to put a device down too and actually just get stuck in with your hands and make something. When you see these beginner carvers finish their first piece, uh, the smile is just 100% worth it. They're, they're always so wrapped with what they've made and um, it definitely makes uh, teaching these people so worthwhile just seeing, seeing those smiles. So yeah.
1: mm, amazing. Well, I hope that there is some uh, leeway to actually do that. So what is it that interests you, especially with the medium of bone? You're talking about the um, tactile you know, feeling and th- that you can transform it. But what drew you into starting with bone carving?
3: Um, well, I started, um, I used to draw a lot and I finished school and I had a friend taught me into going to art school in Wanganui. I really wanted to do glass art. But they told me I had to choose between bone carving and glass heart. And I couldn't work out which one I was going to choose. And um, in the end, I went with bone carving. And I think after the first few days of doing it, I was the first time in my life I could sit down and go, well, this is actually something I want to do the rest of my life. And uh, so I've just carried on doing it.
1: Pretty amazing. Yeah,
3: just Mm. something I really So yeah.
1: What about you, Mike? Oh, bone.
2: Um, Well... You know, A jeweller came to my house um, to babysit and when I was 22, 23, and uh, I said, oh, what are you doing there, Steve? He said, oh, just, um, I'm, gonna, I'm doing a bit of bone carving. He, he was just sitting up while he was going to be babysitting. I said, oh, boy, um, that looks interesting. He says, would you like to have a go? I said, well, look, we're just on our way out, but what about tomorrow? So he came back the next day with his bone carving gear, and, and I got into it, and I thought, wow, this is fantastic, and I've been doing it ever since but i 've grown to uh, to appreciate the material it 's an organic material uh, it 's available readily and it, you, you know it 's hard enough that it 's a challenge but it 's soft enough that you can you can change its shape using steel tools uh, you know and it 's a dry process so that uh, you know you 're not having to like doing stone you 're underwater all the time you're using diamond cutting gear it's it 's noisy messy. This can be very, and I do mainly hand carving. I use hand tools for most of my work, so it's it's quite a, um, a relaxing material to use. And, you know, it's organic, it's so absorbent. So, uh, you know, it's got the DNA of the animal. It's got my DNA in it. You know, I give it to somebody, they wear it. It's got their DNA. It's just, it's like it's a beautiful thing. It's got it's it's got life about it. So mm. yeah, that's what I like about
1: it. Yeah. Fabulous. All right, let's take another break. And this is um, Jail uh, Warbrick, Sun-Kissed Sky. Welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You're listening to the Sugarloafing Artscast, and I'm your host, Michaela Nyman. Thanks to Govet Brewster Art Gallery and Len Lai Center for sponsoring the show. And with me in the studio today are two bone carvers, Mike Brown and Ricky Osborne. And we were just talking about the upcoming Mokau Bone Carving Symposium, uh, which is happening in Mokau around Easter time and the new initiatives they've set up with the New Plymouth Bone Carving Hub and um, also various uh, groups of uh, people who are interested in carving emerging and those more experienced coming together and meeting up at Ranga So you were talking about sourcing the material. I talked with uh, Rachel Lambert earlier in the year and um, she was saying that she really preferred antlers Dear antlers just because it didn't smell so much (laughs) it wasn't so you know messy somehow so how how do you go about sourcing your bone and what do you have to do with it before you even start?
3: Uh, So sourcing bone uh, quite often we're using when it comes to beef bone I mean I use antler as well so does Mike but I guess antlers nice and clean there's not so much prep involved but when it comes to beef bone you go to the local butcher supermarket where you can get a high quarter shin bone from, um, anyone doing home kill. Um, there's different bones you can use but that's probably one of the most common bones for us to use. Um, and then it's a matter of while well, it's still fresh, before any of the fat or anything gets absorbed into the bone itself, it's important to get in and get it to start the cleaning process and cleaning out marrow and scraping it. and this is the, the fun side to bone carving that most people don't like. But um, it's, it's an important part of it because we all have to do it as bone carvers. So usually if we, we're going to do some bone prep, we'll, we'll, we'll do a large lot and that'll, that'll make it, we'll make it last a while. So, um, but yeah, we have it in hot water, dishwashing liquid. Some people use bleach, some people use a bit of peroxide. Um, there's all different ways of helping to whiten and get remove some of the stains out of it. And just yeah. making sure things are really nice and clean, so you've got some good material to to grab a, as you uh, envision your pieces.
1: So you can't find a bone on the beach and take it and.
3: You can actually. Yeah. So so an animal will fall naturally,
2: you know, and die, and and its bones will dry out, and they're fine. As uh, they will split if they've been left in the sun for too long, and um, sometimes on the beach they can be bleached a little bit more. They might look. Um, older than they actually are, uh, but if it's been if it's been in a paddock uh, and it's dyed, the, it's quite lovely. You've got the the marrow has been absorbed naturally into the bone, so it's perhaps a little bit creamier, and that gives a beautiful colour. You know, it absorbs the tendons and ligaments and and connective tissue and what have you into the bone a little bit as well. So it, you can get these lovely little mottled colours. Sometimes it's you know it's it's not perfectly white, but it's perfectly organic you know it's got that really lovely feel yeah, so, so you can use it
1: as a feature for yeah that. i do i, I mean
2: I, I some of my favorite pieces i've made out of uh, paddock what i call paddock bone which is um, natural fallen bone yeah i love uh, that can i can i just come through here too we've got the ricky's been good he's given me the address for ranga which which uh, we, t- we struggled with before 37 grenville street new plymouth so It's uh, right next door to 37 Grenville, actually. That's the nearest house, and uh, right across the fence is where we are. So park um, inside the park, um, 37 Grenville Street, which runs off Cook Street in Marfell.
1: And when are you going to meet up next time for a hub
2: meeting? Yeah, um, 2nd of uh, December, so Saturday, yeah, on the 2nd of December.
1: And in the new year, you'll start again yeah, we have a, we have another one in February. In February. Uh, we haven't
2: set the date yet for the February one, but um, that's when it, that's when we'll be starting. And that will be another beginning carver course as well as a competent carvers course.
3: If anyone's feeling too intimidated or wonders if it's the right thing for them, they're welcome to come along and have a nosy and see what we're doing and um, meet everybody anyway and uh, see the atmosphere that's down there. Yeah. And um, Yeah, it'd be good, good to see a few people come down and have a nosy for themselves and see if that's yeah. something they want to get into. Um, Fabulous. One thing I do notice when we leave is everyone always leaves with a big smile on their face. Yeah. You know, sometimes we have people arrive and we don't know them from a bar of soap, but everyone's giving each other hugs and big smiles by the end of it. It's, it's such a good little community we've got together. It's almost like our bone carving family. eh? It's, it's neat.
2: I think for Ricky and I both, that's an important part of it. You know, we we're in it for the community life and, and for the um, you know for the for the connections that come through being together and working mm-hmm. together.
1: And you share. are very good at that, sharing and connecting and...
3: Sharing your skills and if you can help, I mean I've only been doing it for 25 years and if I can help someone fast track to where I am as quickly as possible so they don't have to go through all the hurdles that I did, um, we, we, why not, eh? So
1: totally, yeah. yeah. What about if someone thinks that they are not uh, really a 3D thinker? Do you need to be spatially really good at you know envisaging your pieces or how can you start out small
3: um if you're nah, useless so
1: like me like a 2d
3: <laughs> nah it's, it's fine it's it's all a part part of the learning and i guess when i first started i remember trying to sand a piece of bone flat on my first carving to try and make it perfectly flat before i even started carving it before i realized you just work with the shape of the bone um so that that's what i mean if i can fast track people through that it's good but it's um yeah, it's def- definitely something that, um, yeah, just get getting, getting people down there, getting them involved and showing you how to do the more 3D stuff um, and, and learning uh, the different techniques and design.
2: What we do with our beginner carvers is, is, is a very simple uh, disc design. So we're just basically getting people used to using the tools and understanding, um, you know, drawing and, and just, it might just be an elliptical. Disc or a circular disc or a teardrop, you know, just something just with a simple uh, outline and uh, easy to tool because we're just wanting to get used to how to shape a piece of bone. Now, from there, a person can then become a bit more adventurous and a bit more adventurous. And uh, by emulating other people's work, you start, that's this is how you know, you see something, oh, that's cool, and you say, all right, I need to cut in here and how do I do that? What tool do I use? These are the things that we help people with so that they gradually build their capability. Don't mm. be intimidated mm. by the 3D thing, <laughs> you'd, you'd walk into it easily.
1: Well it um, is also lovely to see, uh, Ricky you have ponamu um, koru and uh, Mike you have um, the uh, what looks like roots or driftwood bone. Mm. But they're both organic, and uh, Sam Kelly's pieces are very contemporary art, um, unexpected for bone. So you can do all kinds of things, and you can play with the material once you've learned how to use your tools and what you can do with it. All right, we are going to take one last music break, and um, here's uh, Steve Warehocka, who your goddess is. Mm.
6: You can't dig freedom from a hole in the ground, no matter who your God is. You can't dig freedom from a hole in the ground, no matter who your God is. Trippin' out on a western vision, potential path to hell. Great man said now, but tons have gotten him. Clay won't cling to I. take freedom from a hole in the ground no matter who your God is You can't take freedom from a hole in the ground no matter who your God is Tripping out on a western vision Potential path to hell great man said, No, but time's forgotten him. Clay won't cling to eyes. Clay dry up, and clay fall off. You can't win freedom with your hand on a gun, no matter who your God is. You can't win freedom with your hand on a gun, no matter who your God is. Tripping out on a western vision, potential path to hell. Great man said now, but Tansa got on him, but clay won't cling to iron Clay dry off and clay fall off. No matter who your god is. So tell me, tell me, tell me Who your God is So tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me Who your God is Tripping out on a western vision Potential path to hell Great man said now, but time's forgotten guy him, and clay won't cling to iron. Clay dry up, and clay fall
1: off. Welcome back to Access Radio Taranaki 104.4 FM. You're listening to the Sugar Loafing Artscast, and I'm your host, Michaela Nyman And today I'm here in the studio with Mike Brown and Ricky Osborne, and we are talking about things happening on the bone carving front in New Plymouth, where there's a New Plymouth Bone Carving Hub, and the Mocha Bone Carving Symposium is coming up in Easter, and yeah, seems to be amazing stuff happening both for beginners and those who have been doing it for some time. So is there anything else you would like to share with uh, people who are listening and might want to ha- yeah, give it a go or come along to the symposium?
2: I, I really want to encourage people, if you think you might find this interesting, be courageous and come along to Rangamari if you're in New Plymouth. And uh, like Ricky said, just come and say hi, have a look, get a feel for what's going on. Usually the first time you go to something is a little bit of an anxious experience but I'd say push through that anxiety and just come along and, in- and see. Um, you, will be, I can guarantee you'll be well welcomed <laughs> and uh, you'll feel uh, comforted. We'll make, even make you a cup of coffee or something just to calm you and then uh, from there you know, uh, you'll be able to work out whether it's something you want to take further for yourself. Ricky, any thoughts?
3: Yeah, well, pretty much what you said, Mike, but, um, yeah, just, uh, I just think it'd be neat to get as many people as long as possible, come and have a go. you got nothing to lose by giving it a go, um, and it's something special, and I think so many people give it a go and want to continue doing it, and there's something special about being able to make something that makes you happy making it, but being also being able to gift it to somebody else and make someone else happy, so, to me, that's a win-win, and uh, the more people we can get out there doing it, the better.
2: I'd like to also, you know, any any of the listeners that are involved in schools that think that this may be helpful for some of the uh, secondary school age group, then you know, again, we would host beginner classes for students at that level. Fantastic. Yeah, I think, that, I mean, well, we have got a few simple goals. Three simple goals. We want we want to get more people involved in bone carving. Uh, bone carving is enjoying a renaissance, and and that's fantastic. Clearly. Yeah. And we want to see uh, good bone carvers become better bone carvers, and we want to restore the mana of bone carving. So we want authentic, genuine, New Zealand, handmade bone carvings created. So that's a simple, and it starts by getting more people involved. And uh, so, yeah, really keen to do that. And also to reiterate, uh, if people are wanting to make contact with us, that they can do so through Facebook on Morco Bone Carving. And then within Morco Bone Carving, or even if you searched Facebook for uh, New Plymouth Bone Carving, then you go on to a group which becomes our communication network uh, where we can um, let you know about what's coming up and Mm. um, how you can be
1: involved. Fabulous. And just to finish, can you just elaborate a little bit about restoring the mana of bone carving? Do you think it has been lost a bit?
2: Uh, Definitely... Bone carvings suffered through the import of very cheap carvings from, um, you know, from the Pacific Islands and from Indonesia particularly, that flooded the market in the 90s and early 2000s, and so those carvings had no integrity. Uh, they they had no.
3: A lot of those copies bought here, taken overseas, and just mass-produced and sold back at a really cheap rate. Eh?
2: Yeah, so they were they, they were available very cheaply. So. So those that were making genuine carvings that had spirit moved on to other things, tattoo um, or stone carving, uh, panamu, because it wasn't so easy to replicate that. Well, okay. So what we're wanting to do is just see the real thing emerge again. That's that's what. I, and for for bone carvings uh, to have the ability to make a person feel really good and strong feel well-dressed wearing it, you know, um, feel proud to have it because it's got integrity as a taonga or as a treasure because it's been made by somebody that has put their love and spirit into it and it's been given or bought, you know,
1: um, in recognition of that. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you for all you do, Mike and Ricky lovely to talk to you again and all the best with both the New Plymouth Bone Carving Hub as well as the upcoming symposium. I appreciate
3: it. Awesome. Thank you.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Sugarloafing Artscast on 104.4 FM. My name is Michaela Nyman and you can contact me with feedback and ideas for shows at Access Radio Taranaki or email me on community at accessradiotaranaki.com You can check out the artists, guests and their fabulous work on our Sugar Loafing Facebook page and Instagram. To listen to previous episodes of the show go to accessradiotaranaki.com and search us up under Current Shows. The Sugar Loafing Artscast was made possible with the support of Govet Brewster Art Gallery and the Len Lai Center. Until next week. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com.